the Burkhazo. Today's daf is in Zion. Um, and the Gemara is in the middle of trying to figure out a contradiction between Midot and Tamid in terms of where the various rooms of the Beit HaMoked were, um, were, were situated or how they were used. Um, and the only reason it's discussing this is because it follows a sort of a structure that the Gemara also showed a contradiction between Yoma and Tamid in terms of the order of the lighting of the Nero and the burning of the Ketoret and said there was a different author to the author to the Stam Mishnayot of Tamid as opposed to the Stam Mishnayot of Yoma so here's doing the same with Midot and Tamid and showed a contradiction about in this Pei Tamoked in this large chamber that there were four corner rooms which one of them was used for the sheep for the Korban Tamid and there was a contradiction and the basic answer was also a different author that the author of Midot was um, Rabbi um, Eliezer ben Yaakov okay and that's what we were up to now and so I guess we'll pick up with this first line of Yudzayin Amr Aleph so at the end of a long discussion yesterday, the conclusion was you see that the author of Midot is Rabbi Elias ben Yaakov and has a different opinion than the author of Tamid in terms of how those rooms were used. Now, what you have to remember is that the contradiction was, was that in one of them, and I have to remember which one, in Tamid it said that the, it was the, um, um, that the uh, northwestern chamber was used for the sheep, and in um, Midot it said the southwestern chamber. So just for my so I've got ourselves got a few markers, so I need to use them. Okay, so here's your Amikdash. Okay, this is north. Okay, this is I don't know what this is. Here's Ratnashim, which has its own four chambers, which we discussed yesterday. Okay, that's just trying to canoe. And this is the Ezra Israel. Okay, here's the Israel. There's the Ulam Okay, there's your base on the Okay, so there's a room. It was in the north, and this was called Beit Hamokay, which they had a big fire to keep everybody warm. Okay, Tosos actually says one of the reasons of the fire was to use extra wood to go on the Ezra. And it had these four chambers. So our our thing in Tamid said that it was the that it was the um, so the Mishnah in Tamid said that it was the Valo what was it? Lishkat Tlaim Haisa Tzfonit Ma'aravit the Northwest so the Mishnah in Tamid said that this was the one for the for the uh, sheep okay for the sheep for the Korban Tamid that was the Mishnah in Tamid he said that and the Mishnah Midot said that it was the southwest. Okay? So this is the Mishnah in Midot. That, that was the contradiction. Which of those rooms was used for the sheep? Okay? So that's the white reason we said the author of Tamid is different than the author of Midot, and they had that debate. Wait a minute, did I get that right? North? No, I'm sorry. No. No, I did get that right. I didn't get that right. Northwest and southwest, I'm sorry. I'm not fully awake today. Okay. So the one in Tamid said it was the northwest. Right. That's, that would be the northwest. And the other one said that it would be the southwest. Okay, that was the debate. Right. Which room was it? And the Drifka pointed out, it's interesting that according to Midot, it was actually in the Azara, in the Kodesh, where they would have all these sheep uh, you know, around. So that's quite fascinating. Is, okay. Is it vocalized based on Mokade or based on Mokade? Uh, probably Mokad. Did I say Mokad? No, no. you said Mokad. It's not Mokad? Is it Mokad Smichut? No? I don't know. Okay. 
The grammarians here can so figure that out. It doesn't make a difference. Yeah, it does not really make a difference. It's just historical accuracy, and it's just you know to deal with the fact that how come there's a contradiction and it describes. It's a basis of yeah. It's just a question. It's not about halakha. I mean, one of the in amongst one of these discussions earlier, Tosa said, you know, how come the Gemara sometimes asks like, what do I care? This is just a messianic halakha, and sometimes it's not concerned about that. And Tosa says, yeah, and like you know, not only sometimes the Gemara you know sort of raises that issue. This isn't even a halakha, let alone This is just a question about how is it used. But you know, you got a whole masechet midot that's about you know, history and not really about halakha. But right, so the only reason we're discussing here is just to deal with this conundrum of this contradiction. So thank you. So here's the, so, so let's take a look at the next answer. So, this lishka was basically, um, um, like Rashi sort of says it was sort of like actually it could be designated but Rashi also says it sort of means it was like extended when you came from the north it looked like it was in the south and when you came from the south it looked like it was in the north so basically what Joseph says is is that here's the answer to your problem is that it's not that there was a debate where it was is that actually okay here was your Beit HaMokeid. Okay, we'll just pull it out of the larger picture. And as opposed to saying it was a debate whether it was here or here, right, whether it was, this would be what, this is the uh, north, this is northwest. Okay, whether it's in the northwest or the southwest, it basically was sort of like both. Okay, it was like a room that was sort of like that. So, are you going to describe that room? I don't know why you don't just describe it in the west. Okay, but the, the difference was, are you describing the northwest or the southwest? It says somehow if you're coming from the south, okay, if you're standing here, it looks to you like, oh, it's off to the north. And if you're standing here in the north, it looks to you like, oh, it's off to the south. Maybe it's too big so you don't sort of get that sense. Let's imagine it was sort of like right around there. Okay? So that, that basically it was not in the northwest or the southwest. It was a question of perspective. Okay, which is not a very fascinating answer, and why the mission didn't just say it's in the West, in the middle of the West, okay, but that's the basic answer. This room was sort of like midpoint between the two, so for somebody standing in the South, they look at it and it's not near them, they see it's way off there, it looks to them it's in the Northwest, especially if you imagine, if you're like, you know, I don't know, standing here or something. Anyway, so you know, you just see like, oh, over there there's a room, it's in the Northwest, and this way it looks like in the Southwest, and that's why you have the different versions. All right. Um, yes. This might be a naive question. Now. Can there be a machloket between two Mishnayot about the midos of the Beit Hamikdash? Yeah. Free korban. In other words, they should have had eyewitness accounts. Yeah, well, first of all, there's a question about whether these are, well, no, who's writing these? What makes you say they were being written pre-Horban? You know, they were being posted. Somebody told me that this issue was being, what came up the other day at the dock in uh, the RJC. Will you tell me this, Norm? Who is it? No, maybe um, Jonathan was telling this to me. Anyway, that they were saying, like, how could you forget? So they said, okay, look, we just re- did a, you know, a reconstruction here 10 years ago. Who remembers what this, you know, where we did this, what this space was used for? It was a big muck locus. Nobody could get it. No, no, nobody could agree on those yeah, things. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the reality is, yeah, you can forget. Uh, but anyway. That's a great thing. So, <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Anyway, so, all right. So, umistavra de memaravis dromis have. 
Now, that it makes sense that it was it was more to the southwest. Why does it make sense it was more to the southwest? Mimai, what makes you say that? Neither Aminan lechem upon him, lechem upon him. Umeshaninan Amarav went great Rav Yoshua. Um, here's why because there's another contradiction between Tamid and um, and um, Midot what is the contradiction because the Mishnah in Tamid said the following okay the Mishnah in Tamid said that this was for sheep and then it kept on going around and telling you what the other things were used for so if you remember the Mishnah in Tamid said <coughs> the first one was used for sheep and then it said, and then it listed them. And then one was used for the seals, the chosamot. Now, we're going to assume, because in all things we wrote to counterclockwise, if you're remember, <coughs> so we're going to assume we're going counterclockwise. So it said one was used for the seals, okay, not our, our, our seals, the other type of seals. One was used for the seals, one was used for Beta Moked, another place where they had a fire, and one was the Lechem Hapanim. So if we're going around, this would be Beta Moked, and this would be Lechem Hapanim. That was the Mishnah in Mido, okay, in, in, in Tamid. Now the Mishnah in Mido, however, said differently. The Mishnah in Mido said the following. The Mishnah in Mido said, um, da 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 um, it said the following. Okay, so the south, uh, it said the, the, the southwest was the, the Slayim, so that's contradiction number one, because it said the southwest was the sheep. Okay, so already we have a contradiction. South, and that was what we've been focusing on. And then it said the southeast was Lechem HaPanim. So again, going in this type of a counterclockwise circle, it said this was the Lechem HaPanim. So that's contradiction number two. Okay, and then it says, this is where the Beit Chashmonai had the Avne Mizbeach, a little Hanukkah reference. Chashmonai had the Avne Mizbeach, the stones that were defiled by the Greeks. And the fourth one was where you went down to Beit Hatzvilah. There were steps getting you down to Beit Hatzvilah. You go down, you go to the Mikvah, you come up, you warm up. So pretty much every single designation here is it contradicts. Okay, every single one is different than the one from this is so red. So red is midot. Okay, and black is tamid. So some of them aren't a problem because some of them you could imagine had double usage. So the fact that you had a fire here and you also uh, I'm sorry, the fact that you um, you you know the Beit Chashmonayim stored the Avnei Mizbeach doesn't exactly have to contradict with another use. So this isn't really considered to be a contradiction. The fact that you would go to the Beit HaTzvilah doesn't have to contradict with another use. But there is a contradiction of where's the Lechem HaPanim and where's the sheep. This says the sheep is here, this says it's here, this is the Lechem HaPanim is here, this says it's here. Okay, so those two things are contradictory, okay? So even, so, again, you could just say, you know, different authors, but we have two points of contradiction. Where is the sheep and where is the Lechem HaPanim? Okay, now, what he is going to say is the following. Here's my solution. My solution is that everybody really agrees that the sheep was not sort of somewhere in the middle and that we're just describing differently where it was. Okay, whether you're saying southwest or northwest was really somewhere in the middle. Okay, and that they're really describing the same room. They're just call, one is calling it northwest and one is calling it southwest. 
That's the basic answer that we've given, right? But we're saying that fundamentally is that it makes more sense to say that it was in the southwest. Okay? That it really is in here, the southwest. Why? If you say it's in the southwest, we're going to have a way of solving this problem. What way are we going to have of solving this problem? If it's in the southwest, and even the one who called it northwest really knows it's in the southwest, then you can solve you can solve this contradiction of the Why? Because what we're going to say is the following: that the one who's listing the rooms here, the one in in Tamid that is listing the rooms and going around, really for once is not going counterclockwise, but is going clockwise, and that's going to solve our problem. Because if you start here with the sheep and you assume it's in the southwest, we're going to reverse the order. The northwest now will be the field. Okay. Then this will be the bait I'm okay. You see how I'm doing it? I'm reversing the order rather than going around like this. And then this will be the Lechem Hapanim. So we can solve the contradiction of the Lechem Hapanim if we reverse the order that he's listing the rooms. He didn't tell us which room, which rooms he was talking about. He started with the ones of the sheep and then he listed the other three rooms, the author of Tamid. So rather than assuming he's going counterclockwise, if we assume he's going clockwise, and we assume that even though he said that this was a northwest room, he really knows it's a southwest, then the Lechem Hapanim will coincide. Is that more or less clear? Yes, sort of? Okay. All right. So he says, that's how I know that everybody really agrees that this is a southwest room. Let's read that again. It makes sense to the Maravi Stromishave. It really was a southwest room. Mimai. There's a contradiction of which room was used for the lechem upon him, for the baking of the bread. And the answer we give is, One is counting moving towards your right, which is counterclockwise. If you imagine yourself facing the center of the clock and you move to your right, that's counterclockwise. The other is going clockwise. If it's in the southwest, then it all works out. If it really is in the northwest, and it just can be described as southwest or northwest, so self my roots of lechem upon him. What answer do you have? So you see, it's in the southwest. Okay. So again, the one that listed the rooms of the red actually labeled explicitly. If you looked at the original Mishnah and said the sheep was, it said southwest. The lechem upon him, it said was southeast. So those rooms are not going to change. Those were explicitly labeled. But the author of Tamid started with the sheep and then just lit and then just gave and then just listed the rooms. Did not tell you where they were located. So if we can make two assumptions that although he says sheep is northwest, it's really this middle space room and he really admits it's southwest, and then he's going around and he's going clockwise and not counterclockwise, the Lechem Aponims will coincide. But if you were to be going clockwise, obviously they wouldn't coincide. Lechem Aponim would wind up here. And if you were to be starting in the northwest, it wouldn't coincide. It would all be off. The way you can get the Lechem Aponim to coincide is to have him start in the southwest and to be going clockwise. Okay? So that shows you that that's his answer, that there really is not a contradiction. As opposed to saying there's two authors, it's not a contradiction. This room can be described both as northwest and southwest because it's somewhere between the two. And the re- other contradictions can be reconciled by saying that this author is going clockwise rather than counterclockwise. Okay, Shmamina. So aren't you glad we got new markers for today? So it said... <laughs> um, 
So how can you say that the author of Tamid is going count is going clockwise? Don't we say Kopino Shatapona Lo Yuelajamin? Whenever you're moving you move to the right. Limizrak to eat to the east. I mean, if that's when you're facing the altar, then the, your, the right is your east. But anyway, what it means is you're always facing the center and moving to your right, which means you're always moving counterclockwise. So it might say, Nili Ba'avoda. Yeah, that's when you're actually doing the service in the base of Mikdash. You're going up the ramp. So you move to your right, not to your left. Avarhacha. But here we're just listing rooms. Chushban We're just listing rooms. So he decided to list them in a clockwise direction, not in a counterclockwise direction. Okay. So that is our third answer, second answer. Well, we had a third, but we rejected it. So we had a problem here at Tamid, listing of identifying which room is the sheep, contradicting the Mishnah in Nitot. And we have three answers. One answer is that they're different authors, and the author of Tamid is, the author of Midot is Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. <laughs> we had two reasons to say that. One is Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov said, oh, I forgot what they used this room for in another Mishnah. The fact that he's bothering to say he forgot sounds like he's the anonymous voice, or else you don't mention somebody who just forgot. What good is that? So that indicates that the author of Midot is Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. And the other reason was because, um, according to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, it explained that whole discussion we had yesterday about why you needed a low front wall of the Beit HaMikdash so the Kohen who was slaughtering the Paraduma standing at Mount Olives could see through the doorways into the door of the Heichal. That also fit with Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. So that was the, the Sham author of Midot, which is different than the Psalm author of Tamid. Yes? No, Rabbi Yehuda ben Yaakov didn't say that. The second answer was it was Rabbi Yehuda, and he needed and he needed the low wall because the Mizdeach was in the center. Mar said that can't have been correct because other indications of Midot show that the Mizdeach was not in the center. So the, so the only answer so far, the one we start with today, is Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov is the author of Midot, and that's why it deals with the contradiction of the rooms. And the second answer is there is no contradiction of rooms. One says northwest, one says southwest. They both agree the, ro- the room was somewhat in the middle. It was really a southwest room, but they were just describing it differently. And the other contradictions can be reconciled by talking about whether you're listing things clockwise or counterclockwise. Okay, we now finally, thankfully, get back to discussing the Kohen Gadol. Let's take a look. Okay, so we mentioned the Kohen Gadol starts working for the seven days before Yom Kippur. And it said that in general, the Kohen Gadol, those seven days, he was doing the Avodah all by himself. But in general, a Kohen Gadol can walk into the base of Mikdash any time and decide he's going to be Makri first. He's going to do whatever Korban he wants to be Makri and he can take whatever portion of whatever Korban he wants. So, so, the Kohen Gadol she gets first option at bringing any Korban. The Nod she gets the first choice of any of the divisions of the food of the Korbanot, the meat or the bread, and so on. Tanarabanan, a rabbi's taught. What does this mean? He can bring, he, he, he can be, he can, uh, Offer up first. Any day so, of the year. So, yeah. Any day of the year. Right. Omer, Olazu, He goes and he says, you know what? I want to bring this Korban Ola. Minchazo, um, I'd like to bring this Korban Mincha. You say, please, be my guest. You're the Kohen Gadol. Okay, Kate said, no, that's There he just says, I want to bring it. You let him bring it. What does it mean he gets to take the first portion of the division of the Korban Omer, Chatadzo, Ani Ochel. I'd like to eat the meat from this Chatos. Okay, right? Asham zeh ani ochel. Oh, I'd like to eat the meat from this asham. So, vino, so he, he gets to eat it. Please take it. Vinot achal and chalot. If you have the two loaves that were brought on Shavuot, he gets one of them. 
which the point here is now to set a little bit of a limit which means he doesn't take everything he can't say I'm taking it all he gets the first portion how big is the first portion so we're going to see there's a debate whether the first portion is up to 50% or has to be less than 50%. He can get his first portion, but still he's one man, so maybe he has to always get a little bit less than half. So the first position says he gets one of the two chalot on, on Shavuot of Lechem upon him. It sounds like he can get up to 50%. And Arba And the Lechem upon him, on Shabbos, right, there were 12 loaves, he could get four or five. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Well, he can't eat the Ola, that's why, but, so he was mocked with the Ola, he didn't right. eat it, right. But any Ola, Ola Ndava, or Korban Sibor as well, presumably. It could be an Ola Shatami. Presumably anything, right? Rebbe Omer, so, it's interesting that when we get to Lechem Apanim, where half would be six, it says only four or five. And Rebbe Omer, and Rebbe says, well, Olam Chamesh, only five, or up to five, not four or five, five. Shanem Mar Vaisal, Aronim Balanav, it should be for Aron and his sons. Mechzalan, Mechzalan, he's entitled to up to half. Now, of course, how five is half of twelve is not clear. Okay, so you start by saying one of the two loaves of the Shea Lechem, and then when you get to Lechem upon him, where there are twelve, you say four or five, and everybody says, no, 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 half, five. So obviously, that's going to be a little bit of a problem. So let's take a look. Hagufakasa. This is itself a contradiction. Amarta nota chalos. First, you say one out of two by the Lechem upon him. Mani Rebbe. That must be Rebbe. Damar Palga Shakil. He says half, because the Pasuk, of course, at the end, at least says half. Then let's look at the next statement. Arba ochamesh mi master lechem aponim four five from the lechem aponim. So that's not half. Also the rabbanon da amilo shakiyapalga. That's the rabbi who says he has to get less than half. Ema seifa. Let's look at the very end. Rebbe Omer laolam chamesh. Rebbe says it's always five. Now we're not yet dealing with the problem that five isn't half of twelve. But what we are saying is we it's clear that Rebbe means half, says half. Somehow five works out to be half of twelve. We'll get to that. So how do you deal with it? The first one said one out of two loaves. That's the half position. Then it said four or five. That's obviously not the half position. Then you're back to Rebbe, which is the half position. So what's it going to be? Reish of a safe for Rebbe. The beginning and the end is Rebbe. Mitzias Rabbanan. The middle is Rabbi. That's crazy. It's bouncing back and forth. How do you make sense, coherent sense of this brighta? So we're going to have two answers. Amar Baye says Abaye. Reish of Mitzias you know what? Yes. Until you get to Rebbe's statement at the end, it's all going like the rabbis. So four or five, less than half of the twelve loaves we get. Why do they say one of the two loaves of Shavuot? Because yes, he gets, he's supposed to get less than half, but you don't give him a half a loaf. Okay? So if you have only two loaves, you round up, and he gets a full loaf. He's not going to get .9 of a loaf. So basically, the first two positions are the Rabbanan. The rabbis say the Kohen Gadol can get his first portion, but it has to be less than half. But there's only two, he's going to get one. Okay, he's not going to get less than one. That's the rabbis. And then Rebbe says, no, 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 it's always half. Half five is half we'll worry about. But the first point before we get to that is that the first two positions before Rebbe is introduced is basically that of the Rabbanan, less than half, with the qualification that you round to the nearest unit. Rabbi, now, yes. It's interesting. There is a there is a dayah that a prusa can can serve as lechem mishnah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not only that, you do. And the called kohanim divided the lechem upon They got a prusa. Right? There's even a famous command in the beginning of Sachin that a coin was complaining that he got such a small piece of the bread and so on. Okay, but this is the coin God for his cover. You give him a whole one. Okay. Umay arbo Now, as long as you say the first two. So when it says one, it really is the rabbis less than half, but we round. We give him a whole one. Now, four or five. Now, why four or five? 
Okay, we, uh, we, you know, again, why mention specifically four or five? If it's less than six, just say five. You know, five or whatever. What's the point of saying four or five? What, how would that play out? Umay arbo chamisha l'rabana. So, umay arbo chamisha, what's four or five? So, there's a debate how the Kohanim would normally divide the, um, the bread when they, you know, on Shabbos. Forget Kohen Gadol. There'd be a, Shabbos would be the changing of the guard. You had the new Mishmar, the new group of Kohanim would come in on Shabbos, the old would leave. And you'd have 12 loaves. So logically you would think 12 loaves. You have both Kohanim serving on Shabbos. You basically, you know, both groups, one leaving, one coming. You would divide it six and six. That's one position. That's the position of the Rabbanan. There's a position of a different Rabbanan. There's a debate of Rabbanan and Reb Yehuda. There's a position of Reb Yehuda that says actually it would be five and five and the extra two would go to the new guys. Why would the new guys get two? I mean, it would wind up to be seven and five. But conceptually, you'd set aside two. That would be a special gift to the new guys. And then you'd be left with ten and you'd divide five and five. Why would the new guys get two? Because they had to do the clean-up job, the wrap-up job of the old guys. The old guys opened the gates and the new guys, when the day began, and the new guys came in and they closed the gates. So they get extra payment. You're closing the gates that we opened. It's quite fascinating if you think about it because, of course, they're going to get, it's going to be the reverse. By next Shabbos, right, they're going to open the gates and some new group is going to close it. But it does speak to, like, psychologically the idea, you know, you made the mess and I have to clean it. It doesn't matter if next time, you know, I'm going to make the mess and you're going to clean it. Right now, I'm cleaning up your mess. It doesn't feel so fair. So we gave the new guys, not like a mess, but we gave the new guys two loaves to close the gates at the end of the day, that the old guys opened. So according to the Rev Yehuda, the division was seven and five, but conceptually, two were seen as a special set-aside designated gift or payment to the new guys. And the real stuff that opened for division was the remaining ten, which was divided five and five. And this is now how it's going to work out, the two numbers of five or four, according to the rabbis, that he gets less than half. Let's see how it plays out. Lerabon and the army, according to the rabbis that say over there in Sukkah, Nichnas not Oshesh, Viyote not Oshesh, the new group get six and the, um, and the old group, those coming in get six and those leaving get six. The Schar Hagafas Losos, low, Mishtem is low, and there's no, um, and there's no payment for, you know, for closing the gates. There's no special payment for closing the gates for the new guys. So Mishtem is Trebai, Miflug, okay, so you have to devise from 12. So remember, the rabbi says that the Kongadikuk has to get less than half. So 12 is the amount that's divided, no special payment for closing the gates. So half of 12 is 6. 1 less than 6 is 5. So that's Chamesh Shakil. So he gets 5. Okay, so the Kongadikuk gets 5. 5 is 1 less than half. That's the rabbis that say you get less than half. I now, mean the group of God and the Mishmar, it's a Mishmar. It's a Mishmar. It's all of the Kohanim that would serve that week. It's a lot. Okay? The Rebbe Yehuda Da'amar Nichnas Noto Sheva. So according to Rebbe Yehuda that says the new group gets seven. Shtayim Bishchar HaGafat Lassos. Two for closing the gates. The Yotzei Noto Chamesh. And the new group gets, and the old group, the group leaving gets five. So Me'eser Bari Miflug. So basically the amount up for division, two is designated, is set aside. So the amount of the bread that's up to be divided amongst the Kohanim is ten. Miflug, uh, by, by, by Miflug, you gotta divide ten. Batsir Chadami Palga, one less than half. 
take away one from half, the shakyo, and, and arba, and he gets four, okay? So according to the rabbis that say the coin gadol gets less than half, unless, you, unless it's not a whole unit. So by the lechem, by, by the shteya lechem on Shavuot, he gets one, because you have to round up to the unit. By the lechem upon him, one less than half, so if you assume half is six, that means five. If you assume half is five, because two were set aside, then one less than half is four. So that's why it says five or four, okay? And then, and then Rebbe comes along, and Rebbe says, no, 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 it's always going to be five. And we'll see how that makes sense in a minute. Yes. The Kohen Gadol walks in on this particular Shabbos, saying there's one that's loaf the left scenario. over, there's one loaf left over for the whole group. Not one. What do you mean one? He no, takes one group he takes five. five. No, no, no. He doesn't take it all from one group. He takes chelak barosh before it gets divided. Here are ten loaves to be divided. I'll take four. You guys divide the remaining six. Or here are twelve loaves to be divided. I'll take five. You guys divide the remaining. You guys divide the remaining seven. He walks in. There's significantly less. Exactly. Yep. It's they're good. all they're all hoping that he's not exactly exactly. It's good to be kind of okay. So the writer's like this. Okay, now that's how Abai reads the Mishnah. Until you get to Rebbe at the end, we don't know why Rebbe five is half. We'll worry about that in a minute. But the first position is Durbanan less than half. Less than half of twelve will either be five or four, depending on if you're starting with twelve or ten. Okay, Rava Amar Kula Rebbe. It's all Rebbe. The whole thing about is all assuming exactly half. So. Now, so that's why we understand the first opinion that says of the lech, of the of the on Shavuot he gets one that's half. How are we going to deal with four and five? How's four and five going to be half of twelve? Can yes. What? No, the lechem upon him was like was kachshe kachshe. It had to be eaten in the base of Mikdash. Okay, most of this stuff had to be eaten right there in the Azara. Okay, he himself. Yeah, the only thing not is the pieces of the shlamim which is not a full korban. Most of the stuff had to be eaten right there in the Asara. Okay. So now, how is 4 and 5, according to Rebbe, going to be half of 12? Let's take a look. The Savarach, Rebbe Yehuda. Now, he holds like Rebbe Yehuda that says that 2 were set aside. If 2 were set aside, you're left with 10. So we get how 5 is half. Right? You with me here? Right? You have 10 of the Lechem Apani, 2 are set aside, so 5 is half. How does 4 get to be half? The Savarach, Rebbe Yehuda. The Elamai Arba. So what does 4 mean? What does it mean 4 or 5? He should take five. Because if, even if you assume like Rebbe Yehuda that you're left with ten, you should take five. So, low, low cost, it's not difficult. The question is, is there a Mishmar that is staying behind? What does that mean? It means the following. It means, on a Shabbos, you had two groups of climbing serving at the same time, and that's why they would divide at six and six, or five and five, or whatever. Um, let's say it was a yuntiv. On a yuntiv, everybody was supposed to be Olo Regel, so all the Kohanim were also Olo Regel. So all the Kohanim would do the avoda in the base of Mikdashani yuntiv, and they would all divide equally. Now, let's say it happened to be a yuntiv on Shabbos. So you had all the Kohanim in the base of Mikdash, all 24 groups of Kohanim. You'd have to divide the 12 loaves of bread amongst 24 groups, not just two groups, okay? Let's say, however, there was a yuntiv that was right before Shabbos. Uh, 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 yeah, meaning Shabbos and yuntiv were juxtaposed. Shabbos was e- yuntiv was either on Friday or yuntiv was on Sunday. Okay, and Shabbos and yuntiv were juxtaposed. So all the Kohanim had to be there for Shabbos. They had to come up for yuntiv for the regel. So they had no choice. They had to be there for Shabbos. So the Shabbos right before or right after yuntiv was like a Shabbos on yuntiv. All the Kohanim would do the avoda. They would all divide it equally. What about if there was like a Thanksgiving Day weekend? 
<laughs> Technically, Thanksgiving is only Thursday, but we know where everybody takes off Friday as well. You're lucky they don't also take off Wednesday and then Tuesday. Okay, so let's say Yuntiv was on a... Yuntiv was not on a Friday. Yuntiv was on a Thursday. Okay, so everybody was over the rego for Yuntiv. Now, technically, you can go home on a Friday. Okay, but who really wants to start going home on a Friday from Yerushalayim? So you're going to stay over and you're going to stay through Shabbat. Okay, that's meet Akev. You could go home, but you stay the extra day. And therefore, there might be extra Kohanim around on the Shabbat that are holdover from the Yotav. Or reverse would be, like the, to use the other Lahabdil analogy, President's Weekend, Monday. You're off Monday. So you're off Monday. Well, maybe it's not such a good analogy. But anyway, who, so if Monday is Yotav, who wants to, you know what, you want to travel on Sunday? No, you'll come up to Yerushalayim on Erev Shabbos and you'll stay through Shabbos, Sunday, and then Monday you'll be there for Yom. So these are scenarios in which Shabbos and Yom are juxtaposed, but there's a day between them. Where technically you could go home, but there's a lot of impetus, you know, to want to stay. In those cases, if you happen to stay there for that Shabbos, and you're, you're, and it's not your Shabbos, but you're there because of Yantiv, and you're there, and you could, you don't have to be there, but you are there. You serve in the Beit Hamikdash, and you are entitled to a portion of the Korbanot, but not an equal portion. Because again, it's not like you're forced to be here. So you're choosing to be here. We understand why, but you're not forced. If it was Stam, a normal random Shabbos of the year, go home, come back on your day. But this day, you're allowed to be there, but you don't get an equal portion. So how much do you get? So all the Kohanim that are visiting and that are with us this Shabbos, even though they don't have to be here, all of them get two of the, te- two of the twelve loaves of the Lechem HaPanim. And the Kohanim that are supposed to be here this Shabbos, those two groups, they divide the remaining ten. Okay? So that's basically the story. If you have people that are holding over, you know, came early or are staying a little late, you have two fewer loaves of Lechem HaPanim for the Kohanim that are supposed to be here. So... If we're assuming, like Rebbe Yehuda, you would always set aside two for the Kohanim that were coming in. And it's one of those Yantiv Shabbases where you have extra Kohanim here, which, you know, they don't have to be here, but they came an extra a day early or whatever. You give all the extra Kohanim two. So two of the Kohanim that are coming in, two to the extra Kohanim, and you have eight that are left for dividing. So if there are eight left for dividing, half of that would be four. Okay, so what Rava says is, even the position of four and five can work with the idea that they get half. A, you assume like Reb Yehuda, so you always really just start with ten, not twelve, that gets you five. And under some scenarios, you're going to have two fewer, one of those Yantar Shabbos scenarios, and you'll have eight, and half of that will get you four. Okay, so... So, hachamish b'elamishka, lo kash, it's not difficult. Hadika mishmar hamitakev, hadaleka mishmar mitakev. If there's an extra group that's hanging back, then, um, then they get, then that extra group gets two and you're down to eight to divide. If there's no extra group hanging back, or it's not a Yantav Shabbat scenario, then there is ten. If there's a Mishmar hanging, hanging back because of a Yantar Shabbat scenario, then two for the Kohanim coming in, two extra, two for those Kohanim that are hanging back, you have eight left. So, B'Shakil Arba, and he gets four. And if there's not, that isn't that scenario, then there's ten. Two are for the Kohanim, extra Kohanim for coming in, basically ten of the globes. So Chamesh was so by the Mivag, but Shagdu Chamesh, he gets half his five. Bihachi, my Rebbe Omer Laolam Chamesh. So if the whole thing is Rebbe, again, think about what the Brighta said. First it said, of the two loaves on Shavuot, he gets one. Okay? So that's Rebbe half. This is what Rav is saying. It's all Rebbe, he says half. Then it says, and of the Lechem upon him, four or five. Why? Because according to Rebbe, 
after you give out the special amounts, you're either down to ten or down to eight. So it's going to be four or five. That works even if you say half. The last line that says, Rebbe says you always get half, you always get five because it says Aaron, Aaron and his kids and they always divide half and half. So if Rebbe just got through saying four or five, why here is he saying, oh, it's always five? It sounds like clearly the line that came before him was not Rebbe. I said, okay, gosh, you're fine. Maybe, Reb, maybe it's Rebbe and he's just saying on a normal basis it's always five. Anyway, this is one read that it's all Rebbe. The simpler read, of course, is that until you get to that last line, it's not Rebbe, and that's Abayah's read. That the going God gets less than half. If there's only two loaves, he gets one, because you have to give him a whole. If it's, a, if it's, a, if, a, 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 if, it, by the lechem upon him, we start with 12. Four or five is going to be one less than half. Half will be six or five, based on whether you say, the, you, you, you know, you set aside two loaves. So that'll be six or five. And then Rebbe says, uh, that'll be four or five. And then Rebbe says, it'll always be five, because Rebbe says half, but presumably he would also say two loaves always get set aside. So two loaves always get set aside. It has to be always five because he says always half. Bottom line is there's the debate whether when the coin gadol gets the first gets the rights to the first portion, does it have to be at least a little bit less than half, or can or, or is it always a full half? Debate of the Rebbe and Chachamim. To be continued tomorrow. How large are these loaves?